All right, folks, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to take you into the, the window that is practice that the Nuggets held today on this Tuesday. I'm starting this recording at about 3 o'clock. The Nuggets held practice. It was open to media at about 12.30 or so. We hung out for about 45 minutes. And we were able to speak to both Michael Malone and Michael Porter Jr. We'll be talking about each of those as well as just kind of giving my thoughts on where the Nuggets stand because it's nice to it's nice to take a step back and just take a look at what's going on with this team, what they're really accomplishing or not accomplishing at this stage, how important it is, whatever, uh, everything kind of goes into that because sometimes you can get kind of wrapped up in the moment, I think. Sometimes things can feel a little bit bigger than they are. It's November 1st today. The playoffs begin in five and a half months. I just want to stress that to everybody as we as we sort of have to deal with the overall, oh my gosh, let's panic about just about everything at, at this stage of things. It's, it's not time to panic. But I do want to, in the first segment, we'll talk about Michael Malone and what he had to say. Second segment, we'll talk about Michael Porter. Third segment, kind of go over some just general stuff uh, and where the Nuggets are at this point. But first, Michael Malone, going to share some quotes that he had today and various questions that he was asked. He was asked a lot about the defense. There's no beating around the bush. I think everybody in media really knows just how important the defense is to this team. Michael Malone and kind of discussing the film and what happened on Sunday against the Lakers said, quote, lack of focus, lack of effort at times really hurt us. Quote, when you break down our defensive numbers, home and road, they are night and day. And so I wanted to go take a look at that just to make sure I knew. And I was, I was shocked. Like this is, there are some crazy numbers here. 105 defensive rating at home. That ranks fourth in the entire NBA. 123.5 defensive rating on the road ranks last. That is drastic. And he highlighted that understanding the why of this is really important. Why are they so much better at home versus on the road? Is it the numbers? Is it the energy? Is it the focus? What's what's going into that? Because defense, one of those old axioms is that defense is something that travels with you. You don't know whether you're going to make shots in an old, in a building or not. But so far, the Nuggets have been making shots. Michael Malone highlighted that they're shooting about 37, 38% from three on the road. And they're shooting like 42% at home. So that's obviously slightly better, but not like, not crazy. And shooting 37, 38% from three is a pretty good number on the road. I'm not going to lie. So it really does boil down to the defense and what's going on there. And he mentioned... uh, especially with regard to last game, just the wonky situation that Bones and Ish, they were missing last minute. Michael Porter had foul trouble at that point. Jamal Murray had a minute restriction that he went over. I I sort of called that on Sunday that, yeah, that was definitely going to happen. uh, Murray played 32 minutes. Have to imagine the minute restriction is 30. I bet he probably goes down to about that once again. But he said that those things kind of led to that bad third quarter lineup at the end where they hadn't played together and just it wasn't very experienced. But he also said that that's not really an excuse, that 
the team has to sit down and guard. They have to do better in those situations. I will say that a lot of those problems were offensive with that lineup, led to some transition opportunities and just happened that the Lakers made all of those shots and they were tough shots in some cases and easy shots in others, but the Lakers made all of their shots during that stretch. But Malone highlighted that over the next nine games, seven on the road, two at home, quote, we've got to find a way to play better, especially defensively on the road to give ourselves a chance. Quote, your defense has to be your constant. You have to get life and energy from your defense. It can't be the other way around. And honestly, that does fly in the face of what the team has normally done during the Jokic era, during uh, Murray's time and MPJ, having this core that's been strongly offensive-minded during this time, the team has always had offense kind of come first in a lot of different ways. But I happen to agree with Malone here that if Denver wants to become a championship-caliber team where they can't just rely on outscoring teams, they're going to need to find ways to stop some teams, to bring that energy and effort to focus in on the the details. I feel like they have better personnel now to be able to do that more consistently, but it still is going to have to be a constant thing where everybody has to give effort. It can't just be two or three guys. It's got to be everybody. Malone talked about Bones and Ish. He said that Bones was the best player in practice today, that he went through the live drills, and that he looked good. I wonder if there's a not maybe not a bitterness there because Bones did just kind of sit out uh, and not really have much of a warning on Sunday, but he got treatment yesterday, got treatment today before practice, and then practiced and apparently looked pretty good. So hopefully he's back in the lineup and there's no injury designation on him going forward. But Ish Smith didn't go through the live drills. He's not in that particular space yet where he can. So. That's interesting to me. That's that's interesting. That kind of came out of nowhere a little bit, but it's a calf strain. You probably just need to rest it until it's all good, unless you want to open yourselves up to something less fun. So not really surprised that he sat out, but it is something to monitor that with Murray on a minute restriction, with Bones uh, kind of randomly going out here, and with Ish kind of on the pine at this stage, Colin Gillespie, obviously, nowhere close to returning. I have to imagine that Denver, they're going to have to figure out the point guard situation. And if Bones has to miss any additional time, or if there's just lineups where they can't have any of those guys out there for various reasons, I think Jokic is going to have to be out there during those stretches. Malone was also asked about Nikola's defense. Actually, I'll I'll wait until that. Um, He says, you have to understand why you're 3-0 at home and 1-3 on the road. And Malone opened it up to the players. I asked him about this. He he opened it up to the players to get what they're thinking on why the team is struggling, why the team isn't playing as well in those situations. And he said, quote, we had some good dialogue. They understand it. Understand the schedule that's coming. Understanding is different than doing. I'm with him. I'm, I'm definitely with him there that this team has talked about Top five defense. They've talked about uh, doing and and like not showing, but or not telling, but showing. Basically, that's been kind of the message that came out of training camp, where 
they're done talking about championships. They want to actually do the work and put in the stuff to really make that happen. I'm not sure if that's actually happening. Or at least I think that's the message that's being preached. But when you look at the film, when you look at the effort levels from everybody, then it's not necessarily what's really coming across. So he was asked about Nicola's defense. I thought Adam asked him a good question here. And Malone immediately kind of deflected that. And he said, I think, he's a quote, I think Nicola, like all of us, I think we've been up and down. Said Nicola, like the rest of the team, doesn't necessarily have the same focus and effort on the road on the road versus at home. And yeah, I could I could definitely see that too. It's just objectively true at this stage. The real question is whether it matters. The real question is whether you think Jokic can lock in and really help out the team uh, in the in a must win situation in a do or die situation. And I think he can. It would just be nice to see that just so you can practice it a little bit, can see what the defense can look like at its peak. We're not going to get that vision. Like I just don't know when that's going to happen, if it ever will happen, but I just don't know when the team is going to look at this and say, yeah, we have to lock in and we are going to give maximum effort and focus at this stage because they may not feel that they have to at this point. But he simplified everything and he said – uh. Uh, Michael Malone said, quote, if you want to simplify everything, forget stats and analytics, get your ass back, guard one-on-one, and rebound. That's it. He said, quote, when we do those things, we're a pretty good basketball team. When we don't do those things, we look like a bad team, where teams are scoring 120 plus on us every night. And again, like, I agree with them. There's no doubt about this, that when the team locks in on those things, They look so much better. It just is always about when and how often they can do it. I think back to the 2018-19 season when they really were dedicated to trying to run that defensive scheme. And they were pretty slow, I think, coming out of the gate offensively. But the defense was really good. I think uh, in the 2019-20 season – actually, oh no, it was the 2018-19. It's one of the two where Jokic and the team really started slow on the offensive end, but the defensive end, they were first in the NBA for like a month and a half. It was wild. And nobody really believed that that was going to sustain. I didn't believe that was going to sustain, and that was also the message nationally. But that trade-off then happened, and the offense got better, and the defense still stayed at a reasonable level, and that's what turned Denver into a 54-win team that season. I don't know whether they're going to get to 54, 55 wins. I think they probably will. I I think that we're still so early in this stage where reacting to everything is both good and bad, where you can make some early determinations. You can understand, okay, this this is where the problems are occurring. This is how you fix it. But if it's a problem that you believe is going to be fixed by just simply playing harder and maybe making a few more shots, maybe the shot variance works out and it's better for you when you're guarding opposing teams. Like I think Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Lonnie Walker, a lot of those guys made some tough shots against the Nuggets on Sunday. And it definitely changed the perspective of, okay, like if they don't make those tough shots, if they make half of the ones that they made, Denver probably wins the game. 
but you still probably shouldn't just rely on that. It probably has to just be about better habits, about making sure that all of the time or more consistently close to all of the time, you're getting to that strong defensive level. They don't have to lock in on on that just yet, but they're going to have to soon. Malone talked about how seven road games out of nine in the next nine games, you're going to have to lock in a little bit better because if you don't, you're going to probably go four and five, three and six, something like that. So I think they will lock in. I think this might be a lot of prognosticating for not a major reason, but it's going to be interesting to follow. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss what happened with Michael Porter Jr. today at his media session. We'll be right back. We're back, pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Wanted to tell you really briefly about Superbook Sports. Week eight just finished up in the NFL this week, and nobody's more excited than your friends at Superbook Sports to get you back in the saddle. Even if you had a bad week betting wise, Superbook is bringing Vegas style wagering to the palm of your hands, and now they will match 100% of your first bet up to $1,000, no matter if the bet wins or loses. You don't have to be at the stadium to enjoy football this fall. Just visit Superbook.com or download the Superbook Colorado app right now and start getting in on all of the action. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. All right, let's discuss Michael Porter. I'm going to go a little bit more brief on this because I I do want to get to some things on uh, just my overall takes on the team and where they currently stand. But Michael Porter today I thought was really good. That he was really good with the media. He's growing up, I think, right before our eyes, where he's still going to have some crazy takes here or there. He's still going to probably say something that he probably shouldn't. But overall, like I've really just been very impressed with his level of maturity, his willingness to, to discuss certain things, his weaknesses, what he's trying to accomplish. And I liked what I heard today. I think what he's saying is... is Really solid, really good. Uh, He said he's seeing growth in his game, but still wants to continue to push it further than where it's at. Uh, That's both from a health perspective, but also from an explosiveness perspective, where uh, he said his explosiveness right at the end of this presser, said it was close to how it was about two years ago or so, uh, 2020-21 season, but not necessarily where it was in high school. And he wants to get it back, but is also working on other areas. And I I think about his strength. I think about his mobility. I think about uh, just the other parts of his game where he has to be more functional and not necessarily just a high flyer. Because let's be honest, in the NBA, it's it's grown men. It's, It's folks that can push each other around and can get to the spots where they want to get to. It doesn't necessarily have to take a 40-inch vertical in order to get to those spots. Now, some players do it, and some players can make that work. But I don't think that Michael Porter is one of those guys. Like, I don't think Kevin Durant is a 40-inch vertical. He's a great athlete and continues to be. But I don't think that that's where Porter really needs to focus, is to just be the bounciest athlete he can. A lot of it is just the functional athleticism and the coordination and the fluidity 
that he requires in order to move his feet, uh, understand the footwork, and just know where to put pressure on both the offense and defense. He hesitated to say that he was all the way back, but that he's getting better, that he definitely feels like he's getting better, which is great. It's great to see he's played six games so far out of the seven, had the one game where he sat. I don't see that as a major concern, and he'll probably sit out some more games here going forward at at various points, but he's in a good spot. And he's in such a good spot that he talked about potentially shooting 50% from three. Uh, He was asked about his three-point shooting and how far he wants to push that, and uh, he said, quote, 50% from three to me is not an unrealistic number. I'm not saying it's easy to do, but I missed a lot of shots that I feel like I should make and I'm at 50%. He also said in high school, he shot like 75% from three, and I can't really verify it, but I mean, anybody watched that dude shoot, it seems pretty reasonable for him to shoot that high. Uh, But he is just, he's in his different class of shooter, and he's at that point where there are certain things he can do to sort of leverage that, to make sure that the other parts of the offense are going well, not just for him, but for the rest of his team, where he can leverage his ability to shoot and drag people away from various actions. Coaches have talked to him about pushing to get more threes up as well, so he's just trying to leverage that as much as possible. I asked him about playing sort of that off-ball Steph Curry role as a three-point shooter, where I asked about his relationship with Steph Curry, how he sort of like how Curry likes to navigate off ball and he really takes the attention away from some of his teammates. And Porter said that when he's watching film, coaches have pointed out certain cuts and movements that he makes that can free up teammates. Said it gives him more incentive to move around because it confuses the defense. He's still trying to figure out some things and figure out how to make a positive impact more consistently. But teams are trying to deny him that three they're going to do everything that they can. A well-timed cut, a well-timed burst off ball is going to free up so many things. And we've already seen some of it where he'll freestyle a little bit. He'll run around the perimeter trying to get to the ball. Curry does this too, where sometimes it's sometimes it looks like he's hunting a shot. He's just continuing his cut. And then it allows whoever is surveying, whether it's Jokic or uh, Murray or Uh, Aaron Gordon or somebody like that. Whoever is passing the ball has an opportunity to then see the rest of the floor, see how the rest of uh, the overall defense is reacting to what somebody like Porter's doing. It makes a lot of sense to use Porter in a similar role, because if you could get him an open three and he shoots like Steph Curry, then maybe continuing to push off ball will also help that. So, I'm a big fan of it. I think that that's a great way to use him. It's been compared to Clay Thompson in a lot of ways, and maybe that's the more apt comparison. Maybe not necessarily Steph, but being Clay Thompson, that seems like a very fair thing for him to try to do. But he's pushing towards that. Uh, he talked about maybe maybe not getting up eight, nine, ten threes all the time, but still looking to push the envelope there. And I'd love to see that too. I think he can make. Uh, the second most threes in the NBA if he continues to push that direction. So if that's the case, then I look forward to it. I look forward to seeing that. 
before getting into the shooting stuff, he also did talk about uh, just having more focus and how the team as a whole, especially when they're on the road, he said, quote, we got to have more intense focus. Um, and then he continued, our mentality going in, we kind of we let them kind of dictate the tempo. Continued, we just got to be more locked in on the road. It wasn't anything major. It wasn't anything like groundbreaking. But he is a thinker in a lot of those cases. And I've been pleasantly surprised with the way that Porter approaches a lot of these conversations, especially about the defense, because it's not just about him. I think if you really boil down Denver's defensive issues with the starting unit, Jokic is probably the guy that you're looking at. Porter will make some mistakes. He will miss a read here or there. But with Jokic, he's involved in the action almost every single time. And in my completely like unprofessional opinion, I don't think that Jokic is pushed up high enough. I don't think that he's fully engaged. And there are certain things that he could be taking away or could be making like 5-10% harder that he's just not doing right now, particularly, be, particularly because it's early on in the season and he's probably saving some energy. Can I blame him about that? No. But I do think that when I watch MPJ, I don't see drastic defensive mistakes as much. I see him making some miscommunications here or there. I see him maybe fouling somebody that he shouldn't. And he got into foul trouble in this past game, and that was a big reason for why Denver lost, was because he wasn't out there to really stem the tide on the offensive end when Denver put out a defensive lineup that couldn't defend. So I'm at that stage right now where I'm starting to treat Porter a little bit differently. Talking to Jeff Morton last week, I think that really helped with my perspective, where Porter, he is treated differently at some points, almost like with kitty gloves on, where everybody's dancing around certain things, trying to uh, treat him in a slightly different way than some of the other, a little bit more proven guys, like a Jokic, like a Murray. But at this point, Porter is proving himself. He's definitely encouraging a lot of this, where you push and push and push, and you get back to that point where, okay, now he's just one of the guys, and now he's just one of the, like he's just a quali- like a high-quality starter. He's not quite an all-star yet, not quite to that level, but as he continues to push, as he continues to get his legs under him, he might be. I don't have any reason to doubt that. And he's at that stage right now in his kind of all-star trajectory where the defense is still a focus for him. It's not like his biggest focus. I'd say he should be probably more focused on the offensive end. But he is one of those guys that if you ask him to lock in defensively, He's not outright saying no. He's not the guy that you have to look at and say, yeah, you're not the one giving enough effort anymore. Because he is. He clearly is. At least that's what I see. So a lot of encouraging stuff from him. A lot of stuff where you can see the growth in his mentality, in his game, but also just in his uh, the way that he's evolved as a player. It's less one way than it was. I don't think he's Duncan Robinson. I don't think he's Davis Bertans. I think he's Michael Porter. 
and how close that is to a two-way defensive forward, I, I just I don't know. But it's closer. It's closer than it was. And that should be really exciting for everybody. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss the Nuggets and how they will be a good team when they choose to be a good team. We'll be right back. final segment pickaxe and roll thank you so much everybody for tuning in let's wrap this thing up by talking about what the nuggets are like kind of where they stand it's it's hard because this this segment is a little bit more a coagulation of different thoughts that i have about man denver just hasn't had really the effort level in general the focus level hasn't been where you want it to be but I don't think the talent level has ever been really questioned. There's never been a, a major question other than when they lost Bones and when they lost Ish, and now you're running a lineup that features Bruce Brown, Davon Reed, Christian Brown, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan, and then you're like, okay, I think we could question the talent level just a little bit. That was what really lost Denver those minutes. But other than that stretch, other than that, you can look at the rest of Denver's season and think, okay, are the Nuggets a good team? Yeah, they're probably a good team. Are they a great team? Probably not a great team yet. How do you go from good to great? How do you go from uh, kind of messing around a little bit, getting wins because you're so talented, to becoming a great, legitimate, title-contending team? There's a lot of discussion that I think people are having about Malone, whether it's fair or unfair, about reaching the team, about being willing to motivate the team, getting them uh, to buy in effort-wise. And I've fallen on the side of you shouldn't have to motivate players to give effort. It shouldn't be a massive deal for players to self-motivate in this case, to have the competitive fire necessary to execute defensive schemes, to win games, to not let certain things happen that you preach constantly. Because if this team holds themselves to a really high standard, it shouldn't just come from the coach. It should come from the players. It should come from the front office. It should come from uh, from player one to player 17. The team wants to hold themselves truly accountable. That is when they'll become a title contender. So when we talk about reaching the team, we talk about Michael Malone and, and what he's supposed to do through that. There's only so much he can do. Now, on the flip side of that, a good head coach also does motivate their team, also gets players to buy in, also puts them into a position where they are willing to do the hard stuff in order to make the easy stuff even more fun and more successful. Because sometimes, like, winning a championship is hard. Like, there's no doubt about that. I don't think the Nuggets have been willing to do the hard stuff just yet. They've been playing a lot of drop coverage. Jokic hasn't really been pushing out uh, that far and trying to cover as much ground as he possibly could. The rebounding definitely wavers. That was the big uh, story until the first Lakers game when Denver out-rebounded them by 20. Or maybe that was the Utah game. It was one of the two. But the rebounding was a thing. The, the 
effort level, the focus level of locking in. Those are things that I think the Nuggets will do when it matters. When they're trying to lock in and become the best version of themselves, whether it's the playoffs, whether it's approaching that, I do think they have the talent and the willingness to do that. Now, have they had the willingness to do it in October? Probably not. I feel like everybody's really easing themselves in. And it reminds me of the preseason, where Denver in the first two games really wasn't giving that high level of effort either. They were just trying to get their feet wet a little bit. And then game three happens of out of five, and they look, they're giving the efforts, they're playing with the requisite energy. Game four happens, and they play with the requisite level of execution that you're looking for. And game five happens, and that's the the final game of the preseason against Golden State, and it's the best Denver has looked, where they're flying around, they're putting it to a, another title contender, and they're looking great. I can absolutely see that as the progression that you need to go from point A to point B, where you feel good about where the team is at. Are we in that early stage of the progression right now? I think it's the question that everybody's really asking, or everybody should be asking. This early stage is something that some teams really buy into, that there are definitely teams out there that are playing with the high level of energy and effort, and they're really good, and they're playing really well, and they're successful right now. Are those the teams that are going to be competing for a title at the end? I don't know. Maybe. I think last year you saw Golden State start the season 18-2. and They really put the NBA on notice, and then they won the title. They proved that they could get out there. Whether the Nuggets need to prove that, I don't know. I think that they do. I think that there are going to be some times throughout this process where they're going to have to lock in on the defensive end and really showcase just how good they can be. The real question is when, for how long, what exactly they need to see, what exactly we need to see to feel that confidence that they can do it. I don't think this is an abnormal thing. Like like we talked about, Golden State did it last year. They're not doing it this year. I was looking at defensive ratings on the road. The Nuggets are 30th. The Warriors are 29th. It's not like, like nobody has any questions about whether the Warriors can go back to win the championship. They do with the Nuggets, but that's because they've seen the Warriors do it. So I think that Denver's going to be fine. I don't think that the process has to be quick in order to get them playing at that level. It might feel bad. It might sound bad. But the effort level does not need to be high in October and November. I think it's got to be higher in December and January. I think you got to really push hard in um, February and then early March. And then you kind of taper it back for the last 20-so games of the season. That's where it should be. That's what the progression should look like. It doesn't always look like that. And for some teams, they still win a title even when it doesn't look like that. I know that when I think about the Milwaukee Bucks and what they were doing, 2020-21 season, they kind of messed around a little bit. They tried out switching. They tried different schemes. And they came across some stuff that they liked. But in the process, they started the season really slow. And then it clicked. And then they won a title. So you believe in their talent, and then you have to start believing what they do. I think if I'm the Nuggets, 
the checklist is probably pretty similar to what the Bucks had to do. I think first and foremost, you got to see the two stars playing healthy. You've got Jokic, obviously. I don't think anybody really has any questions about him. He is what he is on the defensive end, and he's going to lock in and play harder on the defensive end when the games actually matter. Uh, they do matter now, but they matter more later. But the real questions are, okay, is Jamal Murray healthy? Is he playing well? Is Michael Porter healthy? Is he playing well? I think you could say yes to the health part for both of those guys. Murray's not playing well quite yet, but I think Porter is. And so once those two things are checked off, then you've already got the makings of your 55-win team right there. Like, that's fine. Next on the list is incorporating the new defensive-minded pieces. And I think that process has already started and looked pretty good. Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, they've each had moments where you can really point to and say, yeah, that looks great. That looks like championship-level defense. It's just about sustaining it. And Denver doesn't really need to sustain it now in order to prove that they can. Next, you find the players and lineups that you trust. This is for Malone. I'm at that point right now where I think I trust eight guys. You've got your starters with Murray, KCP, Porter, Gordon, Jokic. And then you've got Bones and you've got Bruce Brown. And I think Christian Brown is now on that list. I'm not sure if I can trust Jeff Green. I think uh, Matt Moore would have a different opinion than me. Others might have a different opinion from us both. But I think that I still need to see some of that oomph from Jeff. Now, that could happen, and it may not happen, but because Jeff is what he is. Having another option there, especially in the front court, is a really big deal. With DeAndre Jordan, I've seen that play out multiple times to know that he's not going to be the answer in the playoffs. Like, whether or not he's going to be the answer in the regular season, I don't know. I think not, but I think that that's probably not going to happen in the, in the playoffs. So now you're looking at Zeke Naji, you're looking at Davon Reed, you're looking at Ish Smith, you're looking at Vlako Chanchar. I think now at this stage, the team needs to find out which of those guys they can trust, if any. If the answer is none of them, then you're short a player, at least. You probably need another dude. If it's Zeke Naji, if it's Vlako, if it's, I don't know, Jack White... If it's Ish Smith, then great. You've got other guys that you can really fully trust. Until then, that checklist line is going to be blank. That's not going to be satisfied. And the final thing you got to do is you got to build your championship habits, whether that's locking in on the defensive end, whether that's executing certain sets to the to the liking that you want, whether that's being dynamic and understanding game plans and really being able to execute certain things on both the offensive and defensive ends, you've got to be able to play like a championship team. There are so many examples of teams finding different methods that work, solving problems, and being willing to do the things that you have to do in order to win a title. That's busting your ass on the defensive end, and that's seeing the game at a high enough level on both ends of the floor that you can be one step ahead of the opposing team. Because Denver's going to have to do that at some point. You know that the Warriors are going to do that. 
I think the Suns have always have always kind of proven that they can do that. I don't know if the Clippers have proven it, but the Suns certainly have. And if I was Denver, I'd be a little bit worried about that matchup right now. Even though the Suns have shown some definite cracks, like I feel like they execute the hell out of things. And that's always going to put Denver at a slightly disadvantage. So Denver's going to have to build those habits. They're going to have to be willing and able to lock in at some point. Do you have to do it now? That is the major question. I don't think so, but I have to think that you do it sometime during the 82-game season, whether that is game 15, whether that's game 35, 55, or 75. At some point, you have to feel like the team has locked into a level where you can see them executing at a championship level. We haven't seen it yet, obviously. I don't think any team has shown that yet. And the teams that do, they'll show up. We'll be able to see it. We'll be able to see it pretty clearly. But for the Nuggets, that is probably the biggest thing that I can think of outside of just playing healthy. You got to build the habits. If you don't, you're not going to win. And if this is a Michael Malone thing where he's trying to build those habits, he's trying to get through the team and he's just not getting through, then this could be a thing where that position's changed at some point. I think that he can do it. I think that the Nuggets can do this, but you got to prove it. You got to get there. So hopefully they will. Hopefully they will get through to everybody and the team could start playing as a team a little bit better as a collective on the defensive end. But for now, that is going to do for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'll be back for a podcast tomorrow after Denver holds another practice. Going to go hang out, uh, do some things tonight, but should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to uh, hearing what the Nuggets have to say after another day. We'll probably speak to Nikola Jokic tomorrow as well, so hopefully he has some salient points. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Talk to you guys tomorrow.